Hey guys, welcome to episode 55 of the JVE Club with Constant Zimmer. I'm a big Constant Zimmer fan, so this is a very exciting episode for me to record. Um, Listen, I'm going to jump into some shout outs. It's probably not going to come as a surprise to anybody. I do want to thank via email LD, Jessica R, Sasha, Alexis, Jacob, and Jacqueline L. Guys, I... I have not written back to you yet, but I just want to thank you for your wonderful emails and please know that I will be sending you a reply shortly. Anybody who's received an email from me, with few exceptions, I certainly hope, uh, can attest to the fact that I do enjoy writing back. I do enjoy a correspondence and uh, I'm always delighted to hear from you via Twitter. I want to thank Jenny, Eddie F., Arthur, who was... uh, uh, well, um, th- many of you have shouted out uh, my appearance on uh, season two of Burning Love. What a pleasure it has been to watch uh, June Raphael kill it and all of our wonderful male friends who are just so amazing on that show. And it was such a joy to come back and get to do a little something. And I'm very excited about season three, guys, which will be airing in April. Um, visit burninglove.com for more information on that. Uh Where was I? Arthur, Amanda P, Mafia, Blue Zombie, Steve K, Stephanie G, Sean C, Chelsea E uh, on Twitter. Also, um, Patricia, this is Cora telling you not to give up. Don't give up, Patricia. You got it. Uh, I wanted to also just shout out the JV Book Club. I don't know how many of you are participating in that, but I did see the tweet that you were reading Written on the Body. Um, It's a very sexy, very wonderfully written book. Uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed it. I'd be very interested to hear any comments you might have on it. Um, Cat's Meow, I want to thank you also via Twitter, Alyssa and Ben on Facebook. Um, Ben was uh, kind enough to point out that The Selling, which is a wonderful interview, um, horror slash comedy movie that I did with a dear friend of mine named Gabe Diani and uh, his partner Etta Divine is now available to watch. Uh, check out his Facebook post on that. On the Lynn Nerdist page, Meg is a disaster. Jackie, Joseph, Paul, Alec, PJ and Michelle. Um, thank you so much for uh, for weighing in there. And Lynn herself uh, present on the Nerdist page. Um Kelly and Deepayan on Facebook. Uh, Deepayan, thank you so much for pointing out my episode of Burning Love and where it can be seen. And um, Jenny, uh, I want to come back to you for a second because you reached out to me on Twitter. Um, you, As you probably realize, are not the only one who reached out to me about uh, sex work conversations after the conversation I had with Andrea Savage. And I, again, want to say I am working on it for sure. And thank you so much for weighing in. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just something that I still struggle with. And I want to be clear, if I haven't said it already, that, again, when I was in my 20s in San Francisco, I was going to uh, Good Vibrations every other day. I was was met and uh, interviewed Carol Queen. Um, I consider myself to be a very sex-positive person. So the the issues that I have with uh, pornography... um, it's just something that I'm still wrestling with, and and I really appreciate you guys for understanding that uh, it's for me not a, not an easy topic to wrap my head around. Uh, last couple things I wanted to say is that I'm very excited uh, when this episode airs. I will be probably on my way to Anime Matsuri in Texas uh, to do a Cora event. Uh, the Cora premiere is coming up in April, and um, guys, I'm real close to having 10,000 followers. I'm it's very very exciting, and uh, I guess I never say this, but if you wanted to encourage people to follow me. It might be fun to have uh, that reach the 10K mark. All right, listen, this is one of my longer intros. Um, 
Plus, I'm just going to own it loud and proud. Uh, look forward to hearing you uh, from you guys, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode with Constant Simmer. Okay, bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. Jumping right in. Um, uh, this is something that I need to make people aware of because, listen, I this is a, a we play it fast and lose on this podcast. There is an excellent chance that either my phone will ring or possibly my doorbell will ring because, as may I call you, Connie? No, you may not. Fuck. <laughs> it's Constance knows. Um, as Constance Zimmer, my guest knows, um, I am anticipating uh, an arrival of a pest control person mm-hmm. due to. Now, I said black widows because I didn't feel like having the whole conversation about the fact that they're not black widows. But here's the thing: they're brown widows. Which and I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before, but I have brown widows, which are the same thing as black widows, but they're brown. Right, so they're just as deadly, so get rid yes, of them. Yes, correct. That's okay. You correct. don't have to justify it. But I was surprised at my... I, I myself was surprised. Growing up in Arizona, there's plenty of black widows in Arizona. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was really little, my dad took me around the side of the house in the evening, because they come out at night, when I was like in my jammies. And Sean... Yeah, I said Sean. A flashlight in the in the bushes like under my bedroom window and said if you ever need to get out of this window for any reason like for god forbid there was a fire or anything you need to jump clear of these bushes because these spiders could kill you oh my god and if the fire that, doesn't kill you the spiders will precisely yeah. and uh-huh. for that reason i had a deathly fear of spiders most of my life and only like living alone have i and dealing with the fact that this is what i call a spider house and i certainly have said that on the podcast before um, have I had to just like out, I've had to grow up and just deal with the fact that spiders are spiders and they need to be dealt with. And much to my surprise, uh, I've lived here almost eight years, but maybe a couple of years ago, I lifted up the cover to the hot tub that, that we just took a look at together. Mm-hmm. And there were like three things that really looked like black widows, but I was like, why are they brown? Why are they like nut brown? Mm. And they still had the hourglass, and yeah, I uh-huh. called, you know, I called a, a pest control and said, "Are there brown widows?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, like it was something everyone knew, but I'd never knew that there were." Yeah, see, that's the problem because they like dark and they like dank. Yeah, which they is what love the hot it. Tub is. They love it. Mm-hmm. And also, my the umbrella that's out on my deck, I had like laying down because we had so sort of windy, stormy. It gets so and windy hail. up here, and, and hail. hail. Mm-hmm. And so I lifted that back up a few days ago, and sure enough, a, br- a brown widow like dangled down in front of me, <sighs> almost on my head. Because of course, when you pick up the umbrella and you're like cranking it open, it everything is sort of above your head. I would just never leave the house. I mean, it's I'm scary, terrified of right? black widows. I don't care if they're black, brown, or white. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, white widow. I know. A white that's widow. Interesting. Next, that's going to be the next TV movie. It white is going to be white widow. <laughs> It'll be white widow. Um, so yeah. So and I'm not a fan of like you know pesticide in general. I'm not comfortable with it. But yeah. black widows, you can't really argue with that. No. Like, yeah, I don't think we can coexist comfortably. No. 
And I don't really understand their purpose, which is going to seem mean. But yeah. what are they? What are they doing? What are they eating? I mean, I know they're eating. Don't want but around us. I guess they just eat other insects, right? But but is it necessary? Would I listen? Would I rather have more like moths and crickets or whatever it is that they eat and less venom? Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Even mosquitoes. I'll even take mosquitoes over black widows. I agree. I agree. Oh, well, because. Yeah. Hello, black widows can kill you. Mosquitoes can't. Yeah. I mean, the odds of a West Nile virus, you know what I'm saying? They're slimmer. <laughs> I don't know if you still can die from a black widow bite. Maybe they've advanced technology and, and uh, God, wouldn't you hope so? antidotes to, to, to be that you can't. But I do know, do you know what happens when you get up by a black widow? No. Oh, God. Should You're going to tell me, aren't you? I guess it makes, I guess the venom basically makes all of your muscles cramp at the same time. So you're just like a charley horse, but uh-uh. your entire body for no. X amount of time. No, that's why I'm saying. What's the point? Horrible. No, it's almost probably as bad as dying or it worse. Be, I mean, it is torture. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder if this, I can't believe I'm about to say this. You never see like in tor- like in films and stuff when people get tortured. You never see like someone being bitten by a spider. Oh. But that's a that would be a really horrible, great. Maybe because torture. the odds are you could possibly yeah. die. You'd have to know how to like pull Whereas pull other back. torture is just horribly torture. Yeah. And even though you want to die, you won't physically die from it. Well, you can, actually. That's not true. I mean, neither one of us are experts on torture. No. I hope. But it'd be really fun to talk about it and act like <laughs> we are. And we'd be like, what about this way? Oh, people don't remember the Chinese water torture. Actually, right. like we get all factoid exactly. about it. Yeah. Um, and plus, you have a daughter, so yes. Then really, all well. Then are it really, yeah. Forget about it. I mean, then you can't have that kind of stuff around you at all, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But even animals. I mean, you have a dog. Like yeah, I have cats true. that go outside. They can get bit by a black widow and possibly not survive it. You know. Um. Well, that's certainly true. And. Do you have spiders in your... I don't know why. Yeah. I feel like this is like the, when you live in the hills. I don't know why I feel yeah. like it's spider territory. No, we have a lot of spiders. Because of all the ivy and all of the... Do you have, have a ivy? lot of spiders. We live in the same neighborhood, guys, I should have yeah. said. Yeah. And we have a lot of ivy. And you have and a lot so of ivy we have a lot of We have a lot of bugs and a lot of mice and rats. And oh, you have mice and rats. Yes, we I do. haven't experienced the mice and rat population. No. Well, if you have ivy, you have rats. I hate to say it. Well, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Even with a dog? What if the dog, does the dog ever catch a rat no. that I don't know? I'm not, yeah. No, no. I mean, my cats don't go where, like, the rats could possibly be, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. It's all right. It's all, like, wildlife. We got skunks. Yes, we, got we got all that skunks. Stuff. And as long as they don't come in my house, I don't care. I agree. And I yeah. always get excited about deer still. Yes. Like, I was riding my bike yesterday in Griffith Park, and um, on the golf course, there were, like, 10 grazing usually you see one or two this was like a group yeah. of deer i guess a herd is the it's that time term. i think it's that time of year it's oh, getting warmer it's getting coming bam- out. it's like bambi time oh i know spring bambi it is time. kind of cool that you think we live in la and we live in this area and we have deer like i love that and coyote i mean yeah much as i don't want a coyote to eat anyone's cat or dog right we kind of made that agreement when we moved in near griffith park very true, we did, to live amongst them. To live amongst them in the wild. I should say also that we only wear uh, found leather and leaves. <laughs> Very true. Um, we're, we dress in camouflage. We're old school. We uh-huh. follow the caveman diet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, how old is your daughter? Uh, she's five. So that's kind of a wonderful, that's got to be like wonderful magic age. It is, you know, and I have to say, it's kind of all been magic age. I mean, everybody's yeah. like, oh, this age is better, or this is horrible, or this is worse. You know what? It's all great. Yeah. And I'm, 
that might sound a little ridiculous, but it is kind of true because with every age comes something new and exciting and interesting and different. And, you know, it's really when they start developing their own opinions is when it gets harder, which is has already started. Yeah. And so even though it gets harder, it's still all of it's still great because they're still tiny little people like yeah. learning new things. And I always get so excited when she hears a word that she's never heard before or seen something she's never seen. Like we were something as random as like I said, oh, wow, look at those cranes. And she's like, what's a crane, mommy? And I'm like, what? And you literally have a moment where you're like, how do you not know what a crane is? Yeah. And I'm like, you see that big thing right there? It lifts giant things into the sky and moves them from place to place. And, and then she just starts asking me all these questions. And then I was like, wow, this is, you've never seen a crane before? <laughs> like, I guess, you know, yeah. and so it is. It, There's a first time for everything, especially yeah. with kids, huh? Yeah. So it is. It's like every year has been wonderful in like its own way. Do you guys celebrate Christmas like with Santa yes. and stuff? Yeah, crazy. And she I is like a crazy that. believer and I'm going to make her believe in him for as long as it Yeah, takes. right? That's kind of the reason why you shouldn't have more kids because you can you out that stuff you can live out much longer because That's there's true. not like the older sibling to be like <laughs> unless someone at school was like this is true. Right. And what about um, when we were going through my house, uh, we were looking at some of the tiny like toys and frankly, uh, your daughter does have some of the same toys I do, which yeah. we, which I A, love and B, am embarrassed by. No, it means but, you have really good taste in toys because like I was saying to you, I'm the one that buys them. So yeah. I buy them because if I want to see them in my house, there's certain it. things I won't allow in my house because I don't want plastic crappy looking toys i want like amazing really well done japanese toys or you know the wooden toys and oh please it's all okay it makes me feel better that you've utilized the opportunity to really just uh exploit your daughter for cute stuff uh you have i mean i would too it's the one thing i've never understood like when parents complain about like oh look at all this plastic stuff and you're like well it's not like she went to the store and bought it I mean, I'm just saying, and they'll, sometimes they'll be like, oh, you know, we got this from so-and-so and and this from so-and-so. And I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, I get a lot of shit from a lot of people and I don't keep it. If I don't like it, it goes away and it gets re-gifted and it gets recycled. And it's like, I don't, nothing is in my house that I don't 100% appreciate like for its art. It is. It's very uh, encouraging to hear that about um, a parent because I do think that there is the sort of thing that I expect where I think I'm just going to suddenly throw all of that out the window. But I guess I have a strong aesthetic and I can stand by it. It's You're not going to change who you are as a person. Yeah. When you have a kid, it just kind of... Uh, it almost heightens it. You become a little bit more aware of how aesthetic you are like yeah. i didn't even realize i was until i had a kid and then i was like no that cannot be in my house <laughs> no you cannot wear that or you cannot be and it does definitely shift like the older they get because now she won't just wear anything i give her now like everything has to have some form of pink yeah. like light pink dark pink you know it just like she will not wear black which is I've given up. I've just finally given up. <laughs> and she won't wear gray. And the other day I pulled out uh, a pair of pants that were dark blue. And she said, Mom, that's just not my color. <gasps> wow. And I, was, and I thought, wow, I, this, is, this is where I can't, I can't control this. So Yeah, and I'm so fascinated about where, I mean, it's a whole other conversation, a nature versus nurture conversation. But I'm so fascinated by 
the idea of where kids get those inclinations. Like, does she love, I mean, did she, did her love of pink come from inside or did her love of pink come from seeing it outside or well, a combination of both? It's, it's actually a weird social thing that happens. Uh, it's like social anxiety of when they realize that there's a difference between boys and girls and they don't ever want to be mistaken for a boy. They go to the complete, like the, the girliest thing they can find, which is the tutus and the frilly and the sparkles and the pink. So it's, and it's funny because I, I'm pretty sure I learned about it in this book that's called Cinderella Ate My Daughter, which Ooh, is an amazing like the that. book that yeah. like all women should read because it's about how much she tried to fight against the whole princess thing, which I have done too. Yeah. And you cannot win. You just can't win. Wow. So, and, and the weirdest thing too is what she talks about is that the whole princess phenomenon started after 9-11 because Disney realized that there was no products. There were no princess products on the market. There were the movies. And they were seeing all these kids in, God forbid, homemade princess outfits and dresses. And they were like, oh, my God, we all need to escape. Kids are are dealt with so much destruction and, and depression and horrible things in the world. They need to have fantasy. They need to go away. And, and so after 9-11, it was like thousands upon thousands Whoa. of princess products have completely like devoured the market yeah. of toys. And so yeah. because we don't, I don't remember as a kid having any princess I had stuff. like fake dress, like I, you know, I had yeah. dress up, whatever my mom passed down like, to me or whatever yeah. my aunt let me, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it was all made dresses up. That, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there was so. nothing like a package like you see now on Halloween or any other day. Yeah. And yeah, so many parents that I know say like she won't take it off. Yeah. Like she will not take off her Snow and White it's dress. A, it's definitely, it's just like an um, empowering thing of I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl. And Interesting. It's just, and then it stops. And then they stop wearing pink one day once they realize like it's, it's all like wow. the brain. It's how yeah. the brain is moving in the world. But I know that we didn't have princess outfits but do you remember when you were little do you ever do you remember feeling like it was really important i mean obviously we didn't you wouldn't no person no child knows that's what they're doing when they're doing it but do you remember like did you go through a phase you know i don't know Uh, not to say you're not now i don't don't know but well i try and be girly but it never works um (laughs) (laughs) uh i feel like the only thing i remember is watching snow white but I don't rem- I don't remember any princess paraphernalia. I just remember I was obsessed with Barbies. Yeah, Barbies, Barbies were are, my thing. That's a big deal. You know what I saw the other day at um, the Pasadena flea market was uh, the Barbie air. Like it was, called- I think it was called the Friendship, which I completely forgotten about. I mean, there are things I remember like Barbie's dream car, Barbie's mm-hmm. dream house, and but the this was like I and the catamaran. catamaran. I definitely also oh had that, that for thing. sure. Um, but this was like, it looks like sort of half of a plane. There's no wings and there's no tail. Uh, but the yes. front of it, and that's like a case. Mm-hmm. And then you open up the case. And I, I don't know because the case was closed at the um, 
at the at the fair and i was like too shy to i don't know what was wrong with me i'm usually never like this but i for some reason i was like i'm not gonna go i think because it felt like i wasn't gonna engage the person who was sta- right. who was selling it who was standing right next to it but i think when you open it up maybe it looks like an airplane on the inside yes and it was i, I was hit that. with this wave because i did too and i was hit with this wave of like the things that you do remember that's all well and good but the things you don't remember until you see them that nostalgia was so powerful. It was like someone punched me in the stomach mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. But it was such a trip. But I did. I was into Barbies, but I don't ever remember like like when what, dressing like feminine. I remember being older and like needing to have guest jeans or needing to have what everyone else had. Right. But I don't remember a phase when like the girliness of it all became really yeah, important for me. Yeah, because we don't really remember before five, yeah, which I is what's true. What's so crazy about that, by the way, is that they say from zero to five are are the years that form you as a person, yet you don't remember those years at all. I mean, <sighs> I can see pictures of myself when I'm three and I can remember that moment in time from that photo, yeah. but nothing else. Yeah. I don't remember I like what happened before or after strong, the picture. I have strong-ish memories of um, preschool, so before I was five, but I think part of the reason for that is that I, for the longest time, did have a girlfriend whom I had gone to preschool with and who was like my best friend all the way up through high school. And I think we kept those memories alive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you have someone who can carry, help you carry those memories all the way up through a certain point, then you will remember because you held on to those memories all the way from like age, you know, you remembered, you remembered four because you were still talking about it at five and six and seven and eight and nine and 10. Correct. Correct. So I have memories they all basically involve her, right? Because the, nothing else do I remember except the stories that we kept alive for each other, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. I mean, it's nice which to have had that I with someone. I have no memories because I have no you friends don't know, from my yeah. past. And you're from Seattle? Like, is that where you were born? I was born in Seattle, yeah. but I was actually raised um, Santa Monica and Newport Beach. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Very fancy, very <laughs> fancy. So how long um, were you in Seattle? Not long. Only till I was five. Oh, well, there you go. See? No Seattle memories. Which is why I don't ever seem like I'm from California, because clearly zero to five. Very I formative. Re- I was raised like a Seattleite. I was going to say it does yeah. actually make sense, because mm-hmm. it does make sense to me that you're that you're from Seattle. But look, you're not really. I mean, yeah. you are, but you're not. You are, but you're not. When you went to, do, do you, have you been back to Seattle? Yeah, my dad still lives there. So. Okay. So we, we left and he stayed. Okay. <laughs> When you go, when you went back, does it, I mean, does it feel familiar in some way, even if you can't like necessarily put your finger on yes, the memories? Yes, of course, because I, I have been going, I mean, he yeah. has never moved. Yeah. So he, um, I was in the house that I was for the most part brought up in for years and years and years. And yeah, I was see? in Seattle at least, um, God, I mean, when I was younger, I was there, could have been there at least three or four times a year. And then the older we got, the less we would go. But yeah, I've been going to Seattle for over 30 years. And who's we? Me and my sister. Okay. Is your sister older or younger? Older. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so sounds like somebody might have told you about Santa Claus not being I know, real. Right? I'm like, and I'm not bitter. At <laughs> I'll all. never put my daughter through no, I'll that. I'll never make her have it. <laughs> well, but the problem is that my daughter would be the older sister, so she'd yeah. be the one ruining it for Ooh, a little. Yeah, one. you got to keep See? her by herself. That's all right. 
Was your sister, how much older is your sister? Uh, three and a half years older. Okay. So were you yeah. like an annoyance to her or did we no, close? No, no. We are, are very close and still close. We were like those sisters that never fought. I mean, I think hmm. I remember one time specifically when she sat on me. <laughs> and I think that is the only time we ever like fought or, you know, struggled with each other. Or That's you know, great. We went to the same high school. To, yeah. You know, so it was. Was we she a senior when you were a When I was freshman? a freshman. Yeah. That's pretty amazing because I think I imagine. I mean, maybe if you had been a boy, maybe it would have been like my little brother eye roll. Yeah. But um, I think that's kind of unusual, don't you, to have two sisters who just like never have a conflict or have a I lot of. I think it's a, a- the three and a half years to me was like the perfect amount of time. Um, yeah. It's when they're too close. Or too far. Yeah. And three and a half, four years, I've noticed most people that have siblings within that time range are tend to be pretty good friends. Yeah. Did you look up to her? I did, yeah. And I mean, I've always played with people that are older than me um, my entire life. And I think that came from having an older sister and wanting to actually hang out with her friends more than my friends. Yeah. I was always like, my friends are so immature. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But yeah. And was she similar to you? Like, do you guys have similar tastes? You have similar, is she out? We're kind of completely creative. Is she creative? She's very creative. In that sense, we are similar, but she's a little bit more conservative than I am. And not as outgoing, uh, but very nice, but not like a showman. Like I, <laughs> not the not the crazy ham that I uh, <laughs> became in my life. But she's ridiculously, she's a lot smarter than I am. So she got like the smarts, and I got like the silly. Yeah, ooh, uh, that's tough. I guess I take the silly every time. Yeah, but I'm an only child, so I never had any any yeah. sort of sibling to be. But in your parents split up when you were five. Yeah, I mean, even and when that's I was about when my parents split up, so I hardly have any memories of them together. Yeah, at all. no, they. I mean, they actually split up when I was two and a half. Mm. My sister was five. We just stayed in Seattle until I was five. Okay, so you really didn't. Were you? Did you look at your parents like when you were old enough to sort of understand that at one time they had you know lived together and been together? Did it feel like not a fit? No, yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't remember them together at all. Yeah. I, I always remember it, what it was, which was them apart. And also because the woman that he was with uh, after my parents divorced, they're still together. Mm. So she uh, has been around since I was two. Oh, wow. So okay. I've only ever seen them together. So they're all I know yeah. as far as um, that goes, that relationship. Yeah. Is. Was there ever a part of you when you were uh, visiting in Seattle that was like, I don't know, this is kind of a great place? Or did you always feel like, this is where my dad lives, this is where I come visit? It doesn't yeah. hold anything for me. Yeah, it wasn't, I, I didn't feel, because all my friends were obviously in california and that was that's your bond when you're a kid is you just want your friends that's all you want good point good point but my dad did get let us eat a lot of candy which was super exciting because my mom was a super crazy hippie granola you know no sugar stuff so we'd show up at my dad's and it would be like let's go to the grocery store and it was just like hostess twinkie pies (laughs) and donuts and Uh, i mean it was ridiculous did you tell him that you were allowed to have that or was it like was he did he not care either way it's just like whatever you want kids yeah did he have another family after you guys well you stuff, um, stuff she, my stepmom has two sons the exact same age as me and my sister oh okay so i mean we were kind of in contact with each other throughout the years but not not like crazy bonding time yeah but we would see them from time to time i think i was really crazy in love with the younger one uh when i was little because he looked like sean cassidy oh and I remember I would just see him and I'd be like, 
But you know, it was like, you know, and that, and then that went away one day. Thank and, God you guys yeah. didn't move in together. It would have been like the Brady Bunch minus two kids. <laughs> right. It would have been like Cindy and Bobby and Peter and Jan. Yeah. With no Marsha and Greg. No, no Marsha and Greg. Um, that's really funny. Yeah. So I do remember like having those kind of like <clears throat> feelings, but we never really hung out that much. Yeah. So. And what did your mom, what took your mom down to, I mean, I'm really grilling you on this. I, know, I don't know why I'm it. so fascinated. But, I, I hope people care. Uh, people are like, um, let's see. Hey, listen, that's what this podcast is for. Right. I, I, we're, we get to free float all over the place, but now I'm interested in granola mom. Granola mom. Um, yeah. Because my mom was a bit like that, but I can't really say that. Like, I feel like sometimes she would take me into the health food store. I don't even know what she was getting there, but it was intriguing to me because the candy was different. I just remember being like, what's this sesame yeah. honey thing? Cause that's like the best you we always would had get carob. there. We always yeah, had carob. carob. My mom Which would bust out the carob sometimes. I still to this day do not like the taste of carob. Uh, I don't either. And it's, it's, there's sort of tastes like, like chocolate dirt, I guess. Yeah. Not even chocolatey no though. flavor. Yeah. I mean, nowadays the, the, the strides that they have made with yeah. healthy, um, food and candy is yeah. phenomenal. Agreed. I actually now prefer that over Me too. the, the stuff that's out there. And that's like what Coco eats. So like when she has something that is like real sugar or real, like crappy food, she actually freaks out and she's like, Oh, it's so, it's too sweet. Mommy. Ugh, it's so gross. And I'm like, yes, that's really cool. <laughs> it's awesome. I, because I think, I mean, I was, these guys know, I was like a mega sugar eater when I was a kid because my dad did, again, my mom didn't have custody of me. So it was sort of the reverse of you. Oh. I had a dad who, I mean, I don't think that he like thought of himself as letting me eat junk food. I just ate a lot of junk food and I was alone a lot. So I got away with that kind of stuff. And also he would buy like from the price club, he would buy like a big case of peanut M&Ms and he had to hide them from me. And I constantly always found them. See, and so I always love, sneak bags of M&Ms. But I love that your dad hid them, whereas my dad had the huge glass oh, jars, man. peanut M&Ms, regular M&Ms, all of them in the bar Please, area. he's like Willy Wonka. And that's all I, I mean, I, I yeah. would go there every day and I was just like, har, har, yeah. Har, yeah. You know? Please. I mean, wh- how, what child is going to be like, eh, I'm pass, except for your, your daughter. But what, <laughs> so what kind of, what kind of candy and sweets does she, does she like? Like, what does she go, reach for when she wants something that we would, you know, we would have wanted a Twinkie or whatever? Um, I've gotten her kind of hooked on these like raw Oh, yeah. Like the crazy, really good raw, like coconut clusters that are yeah. like coconut and dates and, and like agave or, and agave yeah. and stuff. Those things she loves, like coconut macaroons she loves that are just like coconut and egg whites. Like, yeah. um, the, like as far as like real candy, she really only, she'll eat M&Ms. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, I know. M&Ms are M&Ms delicious. Are ridiculous. But I, I, having said that, I still, I don't eat a lot of M&Ms anymore because... I get, unfortunately, I've cut out so much that now when I do eat, if if I ate like I used to eat, I'd get sick so fast it wouldn't even be worth it. I'd get like the worst sugar buzz followed by horrible sugar headache and sadness. I was like, I was a crazy sugar fanatic. Like I could eat an entire roll of like chewy sprees in one sitting, like in five minutes. Now I eat like two and I can't. I'm like, oh, it's too much. It's all what is in there. I don't understand what's (laughs) happening. But Um, what do you, but do you like, because I feel like also my taste shifted from sweet to 
salty as I got older too. I'm more, I think I crave salt and I never used to be that kid. Like, whereas a girlfriend would maybe go for the potato chips, I always wanted the cookies. And then somewhere along the line, even just in the last 10 years or something, I don't have the, like the things that I crave end up being like, Oh, I'd love something super salty, like blah, blah, blah or whatever. Yeah. I just now have a, a pretty even mix. Because I can never have too much salt and never too much sugar. But I just like, I'm like a kind of meat in the middle. Yeah. Because obviously like dark chocolate with sea salt is oh, so good. So good. Yeah. So I can oh, kind of do a little really bit of right both. Um, what? Okay. So back to granola mom. So what did your mom do that drew her down to uh, Santa Monica slash Newport Beach? You know, I think she was racing um, to find public schools. And living in areas, uh, she, I believe she also got promoted. She was like in hotel catering and, uh, got a job at the Bonaventure in downtown Los Angeles, Okay, which is why we were living in Santa Monica, even though that commute must've been crazy. Yeah. But of course that was when there was no buildings in downtown. It was like the Bonaventure was the largest building in downtown LA. And so I think that's what happened was she got a job there. So we all moved out West and, um, you know, and then she just kind of chased all of the good public schools. Um, and that I was hate then- to I, I can't believe I'm about to call you out on this, but I know you're tough and you can take it. I'm not sure that Los Angeles is any further west than Seattle. I mean, technically, right. they're both on the coast. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. She came south. Okay. Let's just make sure we're there. I only said, yes. I hate to, but like for a second, I was like, yeah, the frontier, like that everybody moved out west. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm it's very much Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Come on. Um, yes, we came south. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I think that's what brought us out here. And then she just kind of moved around and just kept going like where are good public schools and, you know, because she had two kids and she was raising sure. us on her own. And um, uh, and we were in a horrible uh, car accident when I was eight and my sister was 12-ish. Oh. And my mom didn't work after that because she was so horribly injured and oh no and she we had gotten a a lot of money from the settlement because it wasn't our fault and so she didn't work from that ever again i mean she does voiceovers and stuff like that now and Uh i just think that once she got out of the hotel business it 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 kind of goes away when you're out of it for a couple of years like they bring in the new kids sure and um so she just started doing her own thing and um uh, and then, so that's why the public schools were a big deal. She couldn't afford to just sure. put us in any school. We had to go everywhere. And so Newport Beach had like the best, you know, public schools. And so, so. that, so, but when you say that you moved, but did you move around within that time? Like, or did you, you went to the same high school all four years? Uh, I did go to the same high school. Newport is where I stayed the longest uh, because we moved, you know, I had kinder, I had preschool and kindergarten and I think first and second grade in Santa Monica. And then we moved to Fountain Valley. And then I had a couple of years at a school in Fountain Valley. Then we moved to Newport Beach and I was in Newport Beach from sixth grade to 12th grade. So that was where we stayed the longest, but of course moved to into like four different houses during it's those so stressful to six move years. just me myself alone. I can't imagine being a single mom and moving my two daughters also yeah. that often. It just seems like, Oh, what did to do? I know. Ugh. And when she, when you would get the news, like we're moving again, were you like, oh, geez. Yeah. My sister, it was harder on my sister because my sister wasn't as good socially as I was. I was always like, all right. <laughs> 
new, new audience, new audience for me yeah, to try exactly. my bits out on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These people don't know my jokes. <laughs> my tired old routine is going to be brand new. Exactly. Oh, that's fun. So you were kind of a, a pop, were you popular when you were in high school? Um, were you goofy? Were you? Oy, oy, oy. I, you know. I'm sure that all the people who went to high school with me would all have a different idea of what I was mm. uh, as opposed to what I thought I was. I was definitely the poorest kid of my friends in high school because everybody drove like Porsches and Mercedes and ridiculousness to high school and we didn't have a lot of money. Um, so I was definitely the entertainer of the crowd that was like, I'm here because I'm funny. Yeah. And um, But I was in that popular group which just makes me cringe having a daughter <laughs> and just even knowing that that exists. But yeah. I also was constantly kind of pushing the envelope about being in that group because I was friends with everybody. I was friends with the stoners. I was friends with the with the goth kids. I was friends with the kids in band. Like, and and it was very hard for my like popular friends to understand why I was friends with everybody. Yeah, you weren't elitist, even though yeah. you were part of something that could no. have been. Yeah. Because I just was, I don't know, I was such like a social butterfly, you know, and yeah. I really like, I just wanted everyone to like me. So you Understood. Know. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I think the only people I didn't care about liking me were the like... But I can't, I don't, I can't look at my school and say, I feel like the popular kids, quote unquote, were like the cheerleaders or like, I mean, that was like a click. I mean, I, you know, that yeah. there were certainly cheerleaders and like jocks, but they just weren't, they just like didn't factor into my social life really. So it wasn't like I understood them to be popular. I just mm-hmm. felt like they were doing their thing. Right. And the people that I was interested in or wanted to, you know, be well liked by were popular in their group and and maybe people that i would look up to yeah i mean i i look back on high school and i feel like you kind of deal with what you get dealt and 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 that means like you everybody gets put into these groups like whether you like it or not it just kind of happens and it's all about how you adjust to that so like I didn't really ask to be put in this one group of these like popular girls and I was nothing like them which is why it was so weird you know they were all like so super pretty and skinny and like all had boyfriends all the time and I was just that kind of like goofy like I was that girl I was like that side you didn't pose a threat to them yeah this is probably why they were like come on over (laughs) um but I also, but I also was really liked so many other people in so many different yeah. like groups. So I just kind of flitted around. Yeah. You know? Did you have um, boyfriends when you were in, in high school? I did. I and were did. they kind of in that inside that more popular group? Or were no, they, sort they of were from all different. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I clear I made a statement apparently when I was like a senior in high school because I joined drama. Which at the time when I was in high school, being in drama, you were a nerd and it was not accepted. Well, I was a cheerleader when I was a senior in high school and I joined drama and I started dating a guy in drama who was in band. And How dare you? Oh, God. I mean, it is like, it feels like the Heathers because it's like I showed up to school one day and all of those girls in the quad stopped talking to me. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this with someone else. Like, it's so crazy and amazing that that dynamic 
is a real social thing where it's just yeah. like, guess and what? No one's talking to you. You can't even, you can't, I mean, I remember I was just, I was so angry and I, I looked at all of them and none of them were talking to me. And I went home and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I wrote like a double-sided five-page handwritten letter, which of course ended up being like 10 pages. Yeah. I Xeroxed six copies of it. I put each one in all of their lockers. Good for you taking action. (laughs) That's right. Oh my God, isn't it amazing that you had 10 pages worth to say? Yes. 10 pages worth to say about this. Well, and it's funny. I mean, and I remember it so well because it was such a turning point, I feel like, because I literally said to them, you know, fuck you. I'm sorry. The fact that I know what I want to do with my life is amazing. I'm 18 and I know I want to be an actor. So I'm going to start, you know, researching it now. And I said, how dare you? And I mean, I was, I I went off. And I remember I came out of drama because I always had drama was my last class of the day. And I came out and they were all standing in the hall in a line with their letters in their hands. And, Xeroxes. Yeah, and they all looked. They all wa- and they all looked at me, and they all were like, "We are so sorry. We just thought it was funny." And I was like, "Well, it wasn't funny." Oh funny. my god! <laughs> I love how cool you were because I feel like when I, I, I guess I didn't go through that to that degree when I was in high school. I did. I did have one girlfriend who um, just stopped talking to me, but like. It was a really, it was actually really painful. She was like a good person. And I think something I had done just disappointed her. Or she felt like I wasn't there for her for some, I can't remember the exact circumstance, but it was like for reals heartbreaking. And I just, and I like apologized and I just had to wait for her to be okay. But she sat in front of me in like three classes. So I just felt that, that tension that you feel, mm-hmm. especially at that age where it's just like, Oh, it was almost overwhelming to to feel that presence of silence was so horrible. But I wouldn't have had. But I think, you know, even being sort of bullied by girl friendships, especially like in sixth and seventh grade, I remember that happened a lot. It seemed yeah. like I didn't know how. I mean, I didn't. I I wanted to do that. Everything you just described, I wanted to have that. But I think I just stayed on the crying side. Well, but look, I mean, I only did it when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. But, I, you know, things that happened before that, I don't think I was as strong. But that to me was somebody judging me that I had a view, that I had like, I was dra- I was joining drama because I knew I wanted to be an actor. And the fact that they were judging me based on that, and then they were judging me on who I was dating because he wasn't in the cool kids crowd. Mm. And, you know, it's crazy because after that happened, two of the other girls in the popular group joined drama. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And the boy ended up becoming Danny Zuko in Greece. And then everybody wanted him because he was <gasps> Danny Zuko in Greece. And then, of course, I didn't want him because everybody else wanted him. <laughs> because you know i still have that problem to this day i don't ever want what other people want i'm like oh you guys all of a sudden want him then you know what i don't want him i completely <laughs> relate to that i think i have gone out of my way also to like have crushes on people that i don't like other people wouldn't or yeah. even to the point like on the podcast I talked about this with Connie Chung. I think I remember being like, I loved Peter from the monkeys just because like no one else would have picked him. Right. I just so love I that that was your conversation with Connie oh, Chung. No. <laughs> Believe me, you should listen to it sometime. It's, oh she's a, she's, she's got a lot of pizzazz. What a, what a delight that oh was. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, reaching out for Peter. Um, 
And so how did, did his behavior change when he kind of became, was that part of it? Or was it really just like, no, he stayed the same, but I just didn't want him anymore. No, he, yeah, he stayed exactly the same. <laughs> and he didn't want to date them because nobody liked those girls because yeah. they were that way for a while. But then when they finally came down to earth and then they started dating guys in band or whatever, it like became like this, everybody was overcoming their popularity you contest. started and, it all. Uh, I know started it all but again these are those situations where that's how I remember it and I would love to see if any of those girls remember it that way yeah because they probably don't but I think my edition of it is pretty fantastic your edition of it is like a great (laughs) movie I mean there are a number of guests who've done the show where it feels like their high school experience could turn into a movie yeah yours could be I don't know if yours is a Cameron Crowe movie I mean as a John Hughes movie I was gonna say it could be more of a Cameron Crowe movie right perhaps yeah perhaps because you can wind in a little bit more of the deep-seated feelings yeah well but John Hughes has that too no he does I don't know why yeah I guess with the John Hughes thing it seems like whatever victory happens it still has to do with like the person on the outside and for some reason i feel like camera crow there's a flexibility there mm-hmm. where the fact that you are in the in crowd is a little more heathersy to your point yeah which is like yeah what did you dress like were you if you were dre- friends with everyone like what is uh, did you, i mean did you dress I, like a I, like I a cheerleader like style in the world <laughs> i mean if i look at pictures of myself in high school i'm like what was wrong with me you know what i i mean what i used to do is i used to First of all, I was completely insecure about my figure. Um, I remember I, I was supposed to audition to be a cheerleader, and I didn't want to audition because I had to wear shorts. And my girlfriends came to my house. Those same popular girls yeah. came to my house and pulled me out of oh, the house no. to come and audition. And I wouldn't audition because I didn't want to wear shorts. I hate. I al- always hated wearing shorts. Yeah, too. and I did it. They forced me to do it, and I, then I got on the team. I got on the the. I was a song leader, whatever. But anyways, um, I used to take my pants and put rubber bands down at the bottom. <laughs> fold, you know, fold. A, I would fold over. Oh my them God, over, that's such a good lazy the, tapering you did. Exactly. I would fold it over, put the rubber band around and roll it up and then twist it. Yeah. Because I was like, I never, I couldn't wear like tight pants, but I could try and make my baggy pants look like they were a little right. bit more fitted. <laughs> but I didn't... I can't say that I I dressed very well in high school, but I think that's why maybe I was accommodating to everyone because I wasn't in rich clothes. I mean, I didn't really have a lot of money. So, um, do you remember feeling a sense of envy about that? It's such a, it's such an age where everybody's kind of looking at everybody else to see what's what. I don't know because I know I got a lot of my sister's clothes and I always thought my sister was cool. You know what we, what we did where we had one leg up on everybody was every year from age, seven until probably 18 or 19. So for a good 12 years, my sister and I went to Germany every year, every summer for six weeks. Okay. So you're really, are you first generation? No. Are you first or second generation American? Um, yeah, first, because my mom was born in what was Prussia and uh-huh. my dad was born in uh, what was Czechoslovakia. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. But um, we would get shipped off to Germany for six weeks every summer. So what we would do is we would buy, we would shop in Germany and we would come back and we would have clothes that were ahead of the time. Oh, that's pretty cool. I remember having a lot of Benetton clothes because Benetton was like the clothing in Europe. And Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I always know that always kind of set me a little bit ahead. But nobody knew that like it was so much cheaper in Germany to buy clothes than it was actually in 
you know, the States. Where did you stay when you were in Germany? With my grandpa, my grandparents. Okay. All yeah. right. And they didn't speak any English. Six so. weeks. So you speak, yeah. so you are, you flew into German, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. Even though my dad today says that I am not because I don't speak it every day. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> God a nitpick. It's dad. in there. God it's in there, nitpick. dad. It's yeah. not going to leave. <laughs> what, and t- until you were how old? You went there um, every year? I mean, I think I still went when I was... Mm, did I go when I was... No, probably up until I was 18, until I graduated okay. high school. Six weeks is a good long time Yeah, to well, be over there. And when you think, too, that like my mom did it like from when we were five on. We got those little passports around our necks. And yeah. it was like, see you later. So you guys traveled alone like with mm-hmm. the supervision of like a, a flight attendant. Yeah. 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 That was back in the day when you would get to go in and see all the controls oh, and stuff. Yeah. And It was kind of fun. It was, it was great. I mean, I'm so, so grateful for it now. Um, because I do think it definitely shaped me uh, sure. in, in such a different cultural way that I would yeah. have never had, have had. So it's well, and also socially. I mean, I, t- you know, I know that you liked hanging out with kids who were older than you too, but like that breeds an, a certain level of like self-assuredness and your, you know, your ability to kind of navigate and have a sense of the world outside of the United States and all of that is so huge for a young person. Yeah. Most I, of us don't have that, you know, right. And we definitely went up. there and we were like rock stars, you know, because we lived in, um, you know, Los Angeles and not that's where Los family Angeles, ties but, is. Right. Exactly. But we were, I mean, we definitely were rock stars in the fact that we spoke fluent German and, you know, none of them had ever left, Germany and um yeah it was it's cool it's funny because when you're in it you don't realize how cool it is but of course now looking back on it and being a mom and realizing like wow that's an it was an incredible opportunity that we got and and my grandmother became you know just like a, a second mother just because of how much time that we spent sure with her sure um, but it was great. It was fun. And so do you have, I mean, did you have like summer romances with German boys? Cause it feels my like German did. boys are so different from American boys too. She yeah. did. No, my sister totally did. And it would be heartbreaking for her because then we would leave and they would, they would write each other letters obviously and try and stay in touch. But you know, a year would go by and sometimes they were still around and they would have like their little summer flings. But I didn't really, because I think I always had a boyfriend and I think I always was very loyal and I never, I mean, I might've like kissed a German boy (laughs) in a nightclub or something. Yeah. But, um, did you feel like this is fresh in my mind because I was recently talking about it with Andrea Savage, but, um, did you feel the cultural difference between the way flirtation happens and kind of the way coupling up happens with, because uh, Andrea and I were saying she was in Spain. She was older than I was when she went to Spain and I went to France. But when I was a teenager, um, for the brief amount of time that I was in France, I just felt like I didn't even understand the rules of like the bull, you know, not to, I don't want to repeat myself for you guys who listen to the podcast regularly, but that, that the way that, European guys flirted with me felt completely foreign to me and it felt like I wanted to like joke around and be snide and sort of like flirt mean and kind of you know what I mean like yeah. friendship slash flirtation as you kind of get to know someone and it didn't feel like there was a lot of room for that it felt like at Europe, the European guys that I met were like very chivalrous and it was like very they were like very aggressive mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like there was any room for like, yada, yada, you know, well, they for don't like understand that the European women, there are no, uh, well, I'm going to say this and then I'll probably get like blasted, but their European women aren't really like 
funny. They're not, they don't do this thing that we do here. And so, and when you're like trying to be funny and sarcastic to a European man, they're very confused by it. (laughs) And they don't understand like, why are you being funny? Because they don't do, it's like in Europe, it's just, it's all about romance and, and men and women. And they're, they're still very old school, you know, they're, but um, even with like the proliferation of American television and I mean, you know what I mean? It's like if friends became popular in Europe, you would think that, and maybe it is different now. I mean, I am talking about, yeah, I'm not a teenager. Even when I go ago, back to France right. now, I'm not a teenager there, so I don't right. know what the social you know constructs are like. But it would seem that even whatever that you know, whether it was family ties or growing pains or something like that, American television or Cheers or something like that, that 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 would kind of leak into the culture more quickly in terms of like, look at these yada yada women who are still like, you know, the objects of attraction or affection. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it was more about that. Everybody always knew we were only there for six weeks. So it was like a mad dash. It was like, (laughs) there was a, it was like cut through the bullshit. There doesn't need to be flirtation. You're only here for six weeks. Let's figure this out. (laughs) We got to get into it. Right. Busy. Yeah. So, I mean, that always, I think worked very well in our favor um, yeah you know and and so there wasn't a lot of commitment either it was yeah. a lot of these like summer fling yeah sure know? do you feel like you picked um guys that were kind of good for you you know were you were you the kind of girl who would get hurt by a boy frequently or do, or was it a little of everything oh were you God. a heartbreaker no i did it was a, I, I was a little bit of everything i mean i definitely always set my sights very high which again no idea where that confidence came from but you know i dated like the captain of the football team which okay Here's the thing that we can all be honest about. I realized this actually due to Mortified. You know those Mortified? Oh, sure. Yeah, Mortified. Yeah, we had it at Sketchfest. That's great. Yeah. So they, I had realized I had so many of my journals um, from high school and then cut to like more journals in my 30s because I went through like a weird like it wasn't a midlife crisis it was just like oh my god how the fuck did i get here at 30 and i need to write about this because i'm so confused anyways um and i had stumbled upon these journals and then i know that that's what they do at mortified and i started reading through these journals and i started realizing oh my god i know why i was popular like i think i might have been i might have been giving it away a little too easy (laughs) and it was such a sad thing to read because I think when I was reading them, me being the age I am now going, oh my God, when I was writing this stuff, I had no idea that that's why I dated the captain of the football team for a month. That's why the lead singer in the popular band, I dated him for a month. Like I started going, Hmm, it's really, it's kind of interesting how that plays out. But I mean, all joking aside, I'm sure it it wasn't as bad as now being an adult reading it. I think it's that when you have a daughter or even when you have a son, you start reading that stuff and it starts all going, oh my God, why was I, wow, did that, is that what happened? Like what happened? I always, I had one boyfriend every year. In high school. Like I did. I had them. Like I had one as a freshman, one as a sophomore, one as a junior. And, um, but I just think I was definitely that girl that was like, 
I just want people to like me. And it, yeah. and it, if it wasn't, if I wasn't going to make them laugh, you know what I mean? It was just kind of that stuff, which I is get it. so crazy that then you become an actor because then you spend your entire life <laughs> just wanting, wanting to people to like you. <laughs> I know it is. It's such, I mean, but we talked about this before on the podcast, but that, that it is this sort of extension of high school in a very specific way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had um, people write and say, you know, I love when you have people who aren't actors on as well, because it's a little bit of a different perspective. But, you know, the reality is, is that I'm very blessed to have this community of people around me who can really relate to that time period, I think for that exact reason, because it just still feels like, you know, we before we started the podcast, we were just talking about this this time of year where we're, you know, really extra trotting ourselves out, like Ugh. on a semi more regular basis, where you don't have the opportunity to bounce back really before you have to just like get rejected once again. Yeah. And that it does, you know, on the days when it's hard. And I'm sure everybody is like this about their job at some point, you know, regardless of what it is. If it's something that you love, if you're lucky enough to do something that you care about or that you even like, um, that there are days when, you know, the days when you know why you do it are very specific. And the days when you're like, why do I do this again? Are also very specific. Yeah. And frankly, can be very frequent this time of year where it's just like, why why again? I chose this. Yeah. I chose to feel this. Like I sought after the highs, Mm -hmm. but I clear, I mean, I've agreed to feel these like crushing lows over sometimes not even things that you want that much you just want them because you're supposed to want them and you want them because for a a hot second you thought that someone really wanted you for something that you don't even care that much about and then when you don't get it you feel like oh i could have done something different i should have been different or better or whatever yeah it's such a crazy it's a crazy choice to make well because it's the need to be wanted whether you (sighs) want it or not it's 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 all like you're saying it goes all back to high school we all just wanted to be liked we all just wanted to fit in we all wanted to be wanted however we went about to do that and and then you choose a career where that's is all it's about is just say you want me and then i'll decide if i actually want you back which (sighs) you know true that was my that was the, my only other problem with guys is I I would want guys and then the second they wanted me I didn't want them yeah because it was I think just there was the, a little there was something like that for me too the thrill yeah. of the chase and all yeah. that so how does it, it how did it how long have you been with your husband um, we have been together for I think it'll be seven years this year. Okay. Right. We've been together. I met him in '95, but we actually didn't start dating until '96. 2006 or 96? Oh, 2006. Okay. I was about to be like, wait a minute, there's a difference between seven years and 17 years. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I still can't believe we're in the year 2000 is my problem. I'm just living in the 90s. I love um, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we met in 05. Okay. Uh, met in 05, but actually started dating in 06. Yeah. So um, that would be six years this year. So, I mean, his joke aside, or maybe there is truth to his joke. I mean, when when did you start to feel like things changed for you in terms of like understanding the value of longevity in a relationship and kind of getting a different sense of like what it means to be wanted and continue to want that person? And you know what I mean? Well, I definitely... Um 
have always been in relationships. So that's why, you know, I did always have a boyfriend right. um, every year in high school because I loved that commitment. And I, this is actually my second marriage, which shows you how much I love commitment. <laughs> um, no, but I'm always a very loyal, I, I, when I'm with one guy, I'm, I try and I will hold out, man. I will stay in that relationship for as long as possible until yeah. I just can't anymore. I know, I have to. But that doesn't really, am I crazy or does that not seem like it goes as, it doesn't, that doesn't compute to me as much as the idea of you wanting someone until they want you and then you don't want them anymore. I did that in high school. I okay. didn't do that. Any, I don't think I did that anymore outside of high school. I think that gotcha. was when it was over. Gotcha. Um, in high school, it was just about like, I got you. But no, I didn't do that outside of high okay. school. I think outside of high school, it was more about, um, I always, for some reason, would obsess over trying to get the guy that I would could least likely get. Mm-hmm. So then when I did get them, and they were mostly assholes, I was like, oh, God, this was so not worth it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, but then you try and make it work and you try and change them and you try and do that and you try and do that. And I don't think it was until I was 30 and I was divorced and I was starting over. Is that what started all the journaling? Single, yes. Yeah. That I was like, holy shit, you cannot change people. Yeah. How long was your first marriage? Uh, We were together for five years, but Mm -hmm. we were married for six months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because we were meant to be friends. We weren't meant to be married. Yeah. And that was, I think, my big wake-up call about relationships. And and I was 30, and I was divorced, and I just remember thinking, what the fuck? Like, I really was so confused why it didn't work. And I realized the reason why it didn't work was because I was trying to change him. I was mm-hmm. trying to make him what I needed or what I wanted. And you just cannot change people. And it is not until you realize that, that you will ever be in a relationship that will last because you will constantly go for the people that you're like, Oh, I'll make them into what I want. And do you think that's something that women do specifically? Or do you think that men do it too in straight relationships? I think women do it mostly. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think why are women so much more into projects than men? (laughs) We're nurturers. We're mothers. I mean, you know what I mean? We can have, we can create a child inside our stomachs and give birth to it. It's like, all we want to do is help. And we think we're helping them by changing them. And (laughs) I'm so ashamed when I think of all the people that I was like, I mean, listen, can we agree that small things are okay? Like if you want someone to not like wear these shoes that you can't stand, like if you, if you're happy with everything about a guy, except you wear Skechers, isn't it fair to be like, all right, this is where like the nurture comes in and is okay. But if someone is like, you know, addicted to their work or they are, you know, always going to be goofy in a situation when you want them to be serious. I'm, by the way, not referencing anyone specifically. I'm just trying to think of different examples of like, you know. Yeah, you pick your battles. Yeah. You realize that if 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 that person is 75% of what you want and 25% of what you don't, that's a pretty good ratio. Like, yeah. You just start realizing what you really care about and what really matters and, um, you know, uh, but it's it's always please it's always a challenge it's always a struggle because everything changes and you still change you shift yeah but it's just when you get older you're you're not going to change that much yeah. you might go okay maybe you're right maybe I shouldn't wear those Skechers shoes anymore <laughs> you know and then it becomes actually all due uh, respect to Skechers guys all <laughs> due respect to Skechers Listen, I, I, do I still wear Skechers 
No, I'm thinking know. of Converse. Oh, yeah. listen, I'm 100% on yeah. board for Converse. I don't know what's wrong with Skechers, but from their inception, I was always a snob about them. Yeah. Aren't and they the company that came out with the, when you wear them, they have springs in them and they give you a tight ass? Aren't probably, those Skechers? Probably. And I remember a few years ago, I bought some, I needed some sneakers for running and uh and i went to new balance and was and they had like some sneakers like that yeah and i remember asking the guy like give me the inside scoop like what's going on with those sneakers do they do what they're supposed to do and he just sadly looked at me and shook his head he was yeah. like no it's completely like never buy those everybody they wants a quick fix what, they want yeah. a quick fix you see so many crew members wearing those shoes on yeah. sets because they're like, this is my workout. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Which, by the way, it is their workout in the sense that being on a crew, you are pretty much on your feet and on the yeah, go they all the time. But you don't sneakers. need those sneakers. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They don't need the sneakers. Yeah. I mean, they're hauling heavy shit. They're hauling heavy shit. They got it. They've, they've got it covered. Right. They've exactly. got it covered and they don't need to look like silly. Yeah. But listen, guys, if somebody out there wears those shoes and you swear by them, please correct us because we would and both like to picture. know that we're wrong. Please take a picture. <laughs> um, and furthermore, if you're a huge fan of Skechers and you think that your Skechers shoes are super cute, I want you to email me a picture of those and uh, we'll judge those for you also. We'll let you know what we think about them. And side note, I still wear <clears throat> so many things that I'm sure every day people are like, I can't believe she has that on, that oh. I just can't be stopped. I, I, I will say, I think that's my biggest downfall is trying to decide what in the world to wear every day. You always look Has adorable. not changed since high school. Like yeah. that's what's ridiculous about it. Is there anything that you would put on now that you feel like, I don't even care. Like, I love this thing so much that I don't even care if it's kind of silly. I'm just going to do it because I love it. Mm, barely. It depends if my husband's home. <laughs> <laughs> Is he the kind of person who will really let you have it? Will he just be like, you look like an idiot? He's, yes. Yeah. Actually. I mean, he had referenced, he used to call me a hobo and said that I dress <laughs> like a hobo. Um, and I was like, but I'm a happy hobo because yeah. I'm quite comfortable. And also, don't you feel like, you know, wait, the, another thing that we said before the podcast, I had an audition today where I said to my agent, this is super Hollywoody, guys, super Hollywoody. <laughs> but I said, I cannot tell you what a pleasure it was to wear the shoes I actually drove in on to the audition rather than changing into heels. Yeah. Like, it was a joy to be wearing some scruffy old, like, Tom's shoes that were super comfy and some baggy jeans. I know. Because typically, now I equate, in a lot of ways, I equate dressing, you know, feminine with work. Right. Which is because I, and so I think I've shifted even more to the opposite than I used to be is before I started doing this, which has only been eight years I think I, I liked looking more feminine. In San Francisco, it's hard because you kind of have to wear comfortable clothes because mm -hmm. of public transportation and, like, you know, you're walking everywhere anyway. Right. But um, but when I came down here, it now has become a little bit of, like, giving the finger to the business by being, like... And that's why I understand, like, you know, you see these paparazzi pictures of these poor women who are out with no makeup and wearing, like, you know, their sweatpants and their t-shirt or whatever. It's like, give them a day when they don't have to look like a million bucks. I know. No wonder Jennifer Lopez travels with an entourage. <laughs> 
Exactly. I mean, if people are just up in your business all the time, like judging you and criticizing you, and every time you get seen by someone, they're sort of making a mental note in their mind of like, oh, that's oh, that's what she really looks like or whatever. But see, that's why what I've chosen to do is just set the bar very low so go. that nothing is ever expected to the degree of a Jennifer Lopez. You know what Love I mean? It. Like, just yeah. start out low because <laughs> then I, if you have a day where you look like a million bucks, they'll be like, oh my God, you look amazing. So, so you know, true. just... Just start out, you know, down here. And so then that true. way, you know, when you get shot in that, it's not surprising. It's just like, <laughs> oh, Meh. what eh. are you going to do? There's Constance Zimmer uh, in another pair of jeans uh, and a hat. Like. <laughs> it's like that is my cup of tea, 100%. Um, I want to ask you a, a total showbiz question. I'm sorry, but I do guys have to fan, uh, fan out a little bit um, because I didn't know you at all before this. And many of the women that I have on the podcast, I do know to some degree but the timing, and you know that I said this to you when we ran into each other at HBO, the timing of this happens to be that before I actually met you, even though I knew we lived in the same neighborhood, I did just watch the entire House of Cards series. Mm. And uh, and I just thought it was so so extraordinarily good, and you were so great on it. Are you shooting the second season? Is that, that yes. that's, that's happening, right? We start in April. We okay. go back for the final Where do you 13 shoot that? in Baltimore. Oh, yes. Okay. Very exciting, Baltimore. Is but yeah, Baltimore is all I think about is the wire, right? I mean, that's yeah. something that. And by the way, that's all Baltimore thinks about too. Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> um, it is kind of amazing that every and the people in Baltimore are like, "Hey, listen, Baltimore is nothing like the wire." I mean, maybe over there in the corner somewhere it is, but it's not. We're not like that. It's not really like that. Is it like you know, that? Cut to me getting like lost one day <laughs> during the day, walking down a very bad part of yeah. town, and going, "Oh shit." It's like- <laughs> <laughs> how long how does that work with um your daughter and your husband and stuff did you like how long are you there do you get to travel back frequently um yes i the it took us eight months last year to film 13 episodes um because it was new and it was a new medium and we had a lot of weather issues and all that kind of stuff um so there was a lot of back and forth i was flying back and forth a lot yeah. i um it was hard. It was it was more than we thought. I was only supposed to be in the first three episodes of the whole series. Oh, and um, the writer Bo and David Fincher. <laughs> I have to I say, know. by the way, I the only so name cool. I like dropping is uh, David it's Fincher. That's a good one. That's um, a good but one. But they, I think, they saw the relationship between Zoe and Janine as being something that could. Um, have legs mm-hmm. in the rest of the season and so they ended up just kind of adding me more and more to whatever episodes they felt was good yeah. so that was the only crazy thing is I just didn't know so oh, wow yeah it kept being like oh you're in the next episode or like oh you're not in this one or oh but you're in this one and I was like okay awesome yeah it's amazing uh, you know. <laughs> so I just kind of floated through it and just yeah. did a lot of traveling back and forth and uh, is it the same thing with the second season like you don't really know what to expect in terms no, of what I, you're you I know, know how many I'm in the okay. next season um, because the next season is very specific okay. about what has to happen okay and we only have 13 episodes to do it in so Oh. It's gonna. There's a lot, you know. The fat, the se- the thing about it being 26 episodes mm-hmm. is you don't have any of the bullshit filler stuff. Like, right, this storyline has to carry on for five years. Right, um, it's not. So it makes the tight writing action, tight writing, so tight. So I think concise, that's so exciting, and that's I think a, it's, because it's modeled after the BBC show, right? I mean, in right. terms of like really seeing what the Brits have figured out, which is come in with a tight story yeah. and you can really, you know, 
Yeah. There isn't a lot of that fluff. No, and it really made the process so fantastic because we were all figuring it out together as we went. Yeah. There was nobody telling us what we had to do. So we were all doing it as characters and writers and directors. Like we were all just kind of doing it as like this well-oiled machine, like kind of getting through it, you know, and realizing, okay, we have to get from here to here right? within this many episodes. Right. And so let's go. Let's just do it. That's so exciting. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are downsides to it that I'm not thinking of right now, but I, has it been successful? I hope it has. Yes. Yeah. It has been hugely successful. Listen, I don't mind pimping it out right here and saying no, I strongly recommend people watch it. I mean, I really thought it was so good. Yeah. I don't think it's like, I, I don't think it's like anything I've ever seen on a TV screen. Yeah. Um, and I actually have had the fortunate um, viewing it on a giant movie screen because that's how they did the premieres in nice. New York and Washington. Yeah. And it was a movie. It I mean, is. It's, it's, a, it's a, all those movies, guys, yeah. where you're like, oh, I wish I could just watch this for like 12 more hours. Yeah. That's what this is. It is. It's a 13-hour movie. It's so good. And I think that is because of uh, Fincher. Go you ahead, know, drop he, it. Yeah, I'm drop, drop it. it again. You I'm should drop, drop it with pride. Bomb. Um, you know, because he, he gave it a look, he gave it a feel, yeah. um, and it's nothing that would exist on television because a lot of the characters are, some of them are not very likable yeah. and most characters on television have to be somewhat likable. Right. Yeah. But I think actually you do end up liking all of them because you get why all of them are who they are and what well, they're doing. Well, that's what's so great about it too is it, yeah, you really get a sense of, you know, there isn't, it's not like. It's some something about it makes it feel like nothing's being kept from you, which is a, a, kind of a weird thing to say because it's not like everything's also revealed to you. But you, ju- it's just it's so well done because I think you get you do get a really good thorough picture of people's personalities pretty early on, so mm-hmm. that you don't have time to just like, especially the senator, right? The the guy who's a, a bit of a pawn. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, guys. Right. But but there's a there's sort of a tragic character in the show that. Every time you're like, I just want to hate him. You can't. No. Because he's so well done and so well acted. And it's because he in real life is like the sweetest, kindest yeah, guy in that the world. Helps. And so you can't get rid of that. He does a great you can't. job. Yeah. He does a great job. Um, I'm going to do two things uh, to finish. This is um, in honor of uh, Bygone Era. Uh, I'm going to play a game of MASH with you. Oh, my God. Now, you can play it. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to give you some kooky categories, and um, you can either answer like with answers you think you would have had when you were a teenager, or you can answer your own answers of today, but like cheekily understanding, no one's saying you have to leave your husband for like three guys. Right. But like, is <laughs> are there three movie stars that you're like, he's so adorable, or like whatever, you know, this is just a total fantasy world, ridiculous right. um, world. And then um, the other thing is this little uh fortune teller that i have come to understand very well over the last year of doing the podcast is also known as a cootie catcher to some people which i did Mm. not know nice leading up to that point um so we'll do the cootie catcher slash fortune teller first um inside you will be asked uh, a question according to which numbers you end up picking so we'll start it do you remember these I, I do. You just point to whichever, like whatever one of these you want. Right. Okay. I'm going to go for green. Okay. G-R-E-E-N. And then you pick a number. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Another number. Five. One, two, three, four, five. And then one last number. Three. Three. Okay. 
The question under three is, who had a greater influence on you, your, fam- your family or your friends? My friends, absolutely. Which is kind of a sad statement, isn't it? Because, you know what, that's, a, that's actually really hard. But I have to go with, I think, what my first instinct was. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, guys, I got to pause it really quick because it sounds like uh, they didn't call in advance. <laughs> the widow catches Everyone again. loves when Scott barks. <laughs> Hang on. Steve has taken care of, he's taking care of business even as we speak. So I think there's a really good chance the dog's going to bark again. But uh, Steve is a very hip pest control guy. He's very young. He has spacers in his ears. Oh. Um, I gave him a vitamin water. I gave him some water. It's very nice of you. It's a bribe. It's a bribe. Let's be honest. I want him to do a really good Get job. Get rid so that, of all Yeah, of because spiders. as I was just saying uh, offline, I went into the garage to like say, I think maybe this is one of their webs. And there was one right there. So <sighs> disgusting. And I was Creeps barefoot. What's wrong with me? Why am I not walking around with shoes on? Um, okay. So friend, yeah. More influence, friends or family. Yeah. So my instinct was friends. But I, yeah, I, I guess I just say that because I feel like you, you divulge more to your friends Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than you do to your family but my sister i think was also a very big influence yeah you've got you're you're a tricky one because you do have that older sister who was such an influence on you yeah but it's because i think the friends influence you in different ways that feels like certain some stuff is supercharged Mm -hmm. whereas with family family really tries to like even stuff out and make yeah. sure it's all okay. Where friends are like, no, 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 you cannot wear your hair like that anymore. You right. look horrible, you know, or whatever. And whereas your family would never say that to yeah. you. Yeah. So, but you know what an interesting version of that question would be that maybe I'll make a note of for next time is I'd be interested to ask also the question as a teenager, who influenced you like, like relationships or friends? Because I feel like in my twenties, in my teens, my girlfriends, I think, or just, you know, I have a lot of guy friends too, but I feel like my friends influenced me a bunch. But in my twenties, I feel like I also was influenced by the people I was attracted to and kind of figuring out what my likes and dislikes were based on, you know, someone new that I'd be really excited about Yeah, in a way that you kind of aren't by new friendships. Like in high school, it seems like you're, you can get really excited about new friendships almost in that kind of crush way, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're just like so enthralled by what's special about someone. And I think that sort of faded for me a little bit in my twenties, but stayed alive in relationships so that I would be like, Oh my God, he loves this band. I'm totally going to love this band also because he has really good taste and da da da. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Exactly. Let's let's do in that voice. Let's do some mash. I'm going to go with, um, super tradish, get that out of the way straight away and see if you can, um, give me three dudes. Um, Okay, and they have to be dudes that... I mean, I don't think it's that cool if you're like... I mean, it's fine. Listen, it's fine. But it's a little more fun if you're not like, um, this guy, John Smith, who I knew right, and okay. da, da, da. Well, I mean, it's more fun they know. Yeah. So that's easy. So okay. it's um, Johnny Depp. Great um, choice. I'm surprised more people haven't said Johnny Depp. I think so. He's too dirty for some people. <sighs> I just... I don't know. Um, the Jeffrey more character Dean he gets, Morgan. the more adorable. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Do I know who that is? You should. He was on Grey's Anatomy for I've never seen it. Um, ever uh, played Catherine Heigl's uh, boyfriend. Oh, no, I and now he is on Magic City. I also haven't seen that. Is that a good show? It is a good show. I gotta watch that. Um, he's on Magic Note City now, self. and then he was in a bunch of movies. Okay, he's Jeffrey super, Dean Morgan. I he's super steamy. Up. Um, and then what's another good one? Um, 
These are always such hard questions for me because it's some, it's stuff that you don't think about every day. I know. I really am. And then you see that you person suddenly, and you're like, oh, that's he's one. Why wouldn't I have said him? Yeah, I know. Um, and also because mine are never traditional. You know, I don't go for like Johnny the Depp's dude pretty. Law. Yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Well, he was more when he was just like the guy from Twenty One Jump Street, or right. you know, just like all he ever did was like Hottie McCotts. But I'm trying to think of what the third one is. I know what it is, and I can't even put my finger on it. Oh, I well, mm, um, I'm so curious what you almost said. I almost said Hugh Grant, but that died a long time ago. Yeah, I had it too for a while. I, I had, had it that. for a while, but I don't know what happened. Something went awry. Maybe it was picking up. Stop, stop, stop. Scott is agreeing with us. Yeah. Um, Do you need me? Okay, guys. Oh, he's just returning the glass, guys. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing professional about this podcast. Scott, <laughs> could you please stop? I'd appreciate it. Or you know what? Bark further away. <laughs> Feel free to continue barking, but bark elsewhere. Um, um, hold on, hold on. Um, what do you think about Clive Owen? Yeah, he doesn't float my boat. Because he is someone... I can't believe I've talked about it. I've definitely brought him up before. But I use him as an example because he is someone that a lot of women find sexy that I agree with, but I wouldn't necessarily have thought it until I saw him in something. And then his charisma, I would realize like, Oh, that's what people are really. Yeah. Into. No, he definitely has something, but he's also just not, um, I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. I think I'm less, I just have weird taste though, too. I think I don't have, even though Johnny Depp is, is, is very traditional. Yeah. Um, but, I know who the person is, and I cannot get the name. Could you, if you told me what he was in, maybe I could help? Um, no, it's going to, uh, hold on. Oh, my God. Okay. I thought for a second I wasn't recording, guys. This is, everything was breaking bad all oh of a God. sudden. Oh, my God. Um, uh, oh, God. Hold on. What is his name? Um, wow. This is just, like, going to be the longest brain fart. <laughs> Um, that's okay because Padgett Brewster maybe had the best one which was so adorable which was she, she was so she knew exactly who she wanted to say she was like definitely Adam Schwartzman and I was like Adam Schwartzman who's that and she's like Adam Schwartzman from Rushmore oh my god and I was like Jason Schwartzman and she was like oh and she was it was so extra adorable because she was so certain like she knew right off the top of her head who she wanted to say yeah and then she Adam said the Schwartzman. wrong name yeah the wrong name we've my all biggest been problem there. is I can stare at somebody and be like I know who you are and I know your name, but I cannot get the the words mm-hmm. to actually form. And this is the problem that I'm having is I see him and yep. why I cannot remember. And his what name. did you say about me helping you with something that he's been in? You can't think of anything he's been in either. No, I've also been there. Right. Because that probably would have worked. Um, is he British? No. Is he American? <laughs> You're this like, fun. let's just sit here for hours. This is a good game. I'll do out. it. I'm totally committed. Um, hold on. It's, I just saw a picture of him. Um, if you just saw a picture of him, he sounds like he's in the public eye recently. Oh, it's not like you're pulling oh, out. This is my this is my commentary of your process. Do it, do it. It's not like you're thinking of somebody who's like not been like if it were Hugh Grant, like you haven't. You know what I mean? He's not like around oh, in the same it's, way. Um, well, but this is more recent, and I think this is because of the whole uh, Bond phenomenon. But Daniel Craig, yeah, I get it. Please. But that's like a more recent yeah. phenomenon because that has never, that's actually never been like my taste either. But I think like 
the Bond movies have kind of catapulted him into that. Yeah. That's and it's such an interesting, his interpretation of the role. Okay. So well, but like Gael Garcel Bernal. Oh, that's a good one. And unusual. Yeah. You want to use him instead yeah, of Daniel Craig? Him. Sorry, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Bumped. Sorry, Daniel Craig. Um, yeah. See so, ya, yeah, Bernal. I love it. Um, what about, uh, where's your vacation home? Three spaces. Three spaces. Three spaces. Three spaces. Um, Move three spaces. <laughs> I'm going to say definitely. Uh, do I have to be specific? Like be as specific or as general as you want. I mean, right. if you say Planet Earth as one of them, I'm going right. to laugh. No, as long I mean, as one of them I, is Jupiter, I would definitely I'm fine. say like a a place on the in the co- on the coast um, in Italy mm-hmm. um, would definitely be one, and another one would be like the south of France, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the third one would probably be somewhere in thailand in mm-hmm. shang mai somewhere. okay all right yeah you like the water you like the tropical and you like the water mm-hmm. italy's it. not really tropical though that's true you're absolutely right i, I just like apologize for saying that but it is beautiful <laughs> like the amalfi but oh, oh so yeah. gorgeous over yeah. there what about <clears throat> um what about like i guess this kind of goes with the vacation stuff but um what about like a, a like three types of cuisine that you would love to just like have instant access to whenever you wanted it well italian number one because mm-hmm. i can't mm-hmm. I, I just can't live without italian food um italian food and then definitely amazing sushi yeah right oh Place. And if you told a 14-year-old me living in Tucson, Arizona, that sushi would be like number one on my list, I would have laughed. I would have been like, raw fish, get real, yeah. you idiot. I, I mean, grew I would... up to be, to quote the horrible movie, that Disney's the Kid, I grew up to be a loser, <laughs> which by the way, never actually gets said in the movie, and I don't know why I know that. I'm so embarrassed. Um, well, uh, and great then sushi. what's another great sushi? Um, what do you, where do you like going in LA? Sorry, guys, this is a self-serving oh, question. for sushi? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> yep. His name is another, Daniel Craig. It's another, um, blanking out of. Let me ask you this Have you ever been to Izakaya on third? Yes, I have. That's my favorite. But see, my problem is that's too far. From I me. know, I know. And I, I don't like going to Katsuya. <gasps> so I have a very protective dog. I don't like going to Katsuya. No, Katsuya, there's too, too many crazy. weird celebrities and yeah. paparazzi for no yeah. fucking reason. Yeah. Um, no. There's a place that I go to, and I don't know the name. I know where it is. It's like in a weird part of town, um, east of Western. On mm, interesting, I'm it's intrigued. East of Western, and it's like the cheapest, most amazing sushi. It sounds like something I could get into. I gotta get you the name of it because I never know. I just drive there. Like, yeah, I just know yeah. where it is, and it's in this weird part of town. And is it on Beverly? It's on Beverly East of oh, Western. Yeah, that is unlikely. Yeah, it's like a little hole in the wall. Like I'm excited nobody, about but it's this. All, there's always, you know, yeah. Japanese people in yeah. there, which is always to it's me a It's such a, a great sign. sign. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. So great sushi Italian. And then what else? Sushi Italian and probably my next would be Thai food. Mm-hmm, delicious. I do like good Thai food. Delicious. Where do you like going for Thai um, do you ever go to PMI? It's so close. But. We do, but they don't have the best. They don't know, have the best. Just in case they're listening. <laughs> Just in case all of you from PMI they are avid listeners of the podcast. Um, you know the Palms does good. Yeah, food, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. 
it's I don't like to go in there. Yeah. Um, I get it ordered, but we actually yeah. order from a place called House of Thai. Oh, never been in it. Yeah, but it's on. Grubhub. Did they leave you the? Um, oh, it's on Grubhub. It's on okay. Grubhub, and they have the most amazing sticky rice with mango. Yum! That is to die I for. I do like all the Thai flavors, like coconut milk, oh, cilantro, gosh. chili, lime. Who so can go good. wrong and with those? And have you gone to that faux place? Which faux place? Um, on sun, uh, sunset. Uh huh. Past. I Mitchell, doubt it. Past oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like a crown. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's called faux. by the escrow place and by the in that tiny like. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. soups are so good. So yeah. good. Okay. What about? Um, I'd love to get into. Uh, like, is there a band that you kind of wish you could be? Like, if you could be in a band, you know, if like there's a band that you love. There might be a band you love that you would never want to be in, but is there a band that you're like, I would love to just be in this band and be responsible for some of the music they made? Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of like Grizzly Bear and mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend. Oh yeah, um, the vocals and I just always like the songs to me what? really transport you. Vampire Weekend too. I mean, how could that not be a fun band? Oh. What, what fun, great music. And I have to say, I completely geeked out because I met two of the members of Vampire Weekend and I never know who anybody <laughs> is when yeah. they are, especially musicians. Yeah, me too. And I can talk to them for hours and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, so, you know, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm actually the singer of Vampire Weekend. And I'm like, ugh. I, well, that I, is yeah. awesome. How fun you that know. you didn't know that at first, because then you didn't have to get tongue-tied. You could just immediately, you know, right. like, Except you then I was pre- like a oh, deer in <laughs> headlights. And I didn't, it was like, I didn't even know what personality I had anymore. Right. Um, but yes, I do love those. And it is always crazy when like, you know, somebody that you don't even know what they look like, but you listen to their music and then you meet them and they're like these amazing, really cool, nice people. And yeah, you know, um, all right. So I've got Grizzly Bear. I got Vampire Weekend. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm also, my music as taste is so weird. Um, I don't disagree with anything I've seen so far. No, that stuff's good. Yeah. I mean, but then I also can go over to like, you know. But I also like, I like Modest Mouse. Yeah, good one. I also, like, I'm crazy about voices. Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, super, the quality yeah, of a certain like, voice like makes me Rice's crazy. Damien voice, too, yeah. is pretty phenomenal. I feel, did you ever listen to Sun Kill Moon or Mark Kozilek or anyone? Don't know those. Okay, he's like the same, it's the same guy. He has like five different bands. But um, the reason I thought of it is because oh, I couldn't love his voice more. Which one do you want? Do you want uh, Death, Death Cab? Cab? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm just thinking of voices. I, will say this i don't know if i said this on the podcast before but um in terms of name dropping we had um ben jibbard at Mm -hmm. the fest at my comedy festival that i founded not last year but the year before and um he i was by myself up in the green room at the club where he was playing and he came up and was like do you mind if i am in here i was like "Eh, no and so he warmed up and was like playing such great heights on guitar by himself and just him and me and i was like this is awesome um so there's just that that yeah that moment where you realize that you're alone in a room with the lead singer of death cat for cutie and you're like humming harmonies in your brain but in your but in reality i would never ever i was like way too bashful and that's totally when you wish that you like butt dial somebody Yes. You know, you're like sitting yes. on your phone and you're like, oops. Oh, by the way. Oh, that's yeah. so weird. I didn't know that happened. No, he was in the room next to me. For sure. I yeah. thought he smiled a very special smile at me. <laughs> um, okay. How about uh, like a mode of transport? Uh, like this is how you get around, but it can't be a car. 
A jet. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a given, right? Yeah. So I'd say a jet, and then I would say a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say a parachute. Oh, have oh. you been uh, like, uh, what am I, skydiving? No. I mean, I do not have the nuts for that at no, all. No, but it looks amazing. It does look amazing. <laughs> I wish that... I wish that I could convince myself, but know, it doesn't even occur it to me. It's younger. not even, yeah, it's, there's not even a part of me that's like, maybe I could do it. I'm just like, no. Yeah. I wish I did it when I was younger. Cause I feel like when you're younger, you're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. But like when you have kids and you just start I thinking know. about like, oh, what if I break my ankles? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what if like, I suddenly young- contract <laughs> asthma in the middle of the fall? Oh, that's you terrible. You don't know these days. Um, but that's good. That's why in this fantasy world, you're able to parachute and uh, everybody's fine. Right. Now, let's talk about, I've been getting into this um question lately and i can't say that i can guarantee that anybody else would but is there like a style of dress that you like three different styles of dress like that would be fun to sort of you know could be from a totally different era it could be like listen nobody wears you know what they like i wish i could dress like dean martin from the 50s you know right, it didn't have right. to be gender specific but is there a style that you look at and just go that's fucking awesome and- yeah I, I would definitely i wish i could dress like you know the style of the mad of Mad Men, which is what sixties yeah. or fifties, fifties, yeah, 50s? yeah 50s? like late fifties, just like because all the women dressed in fantastic dresses, they just look so just, good. Everybody looks good, like everything flatters. Everyone. Yeah, like no matter where they were, they were in those dresses. Yeah, um, and 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 everybody was wearing corsets, so yeah. everybody's bodies were kind of very similar. Which the, is you know maybe not the maybe that's the downside, but this is of course fantasy world, so you get you get all the look without the comfort without the discomfort, which. Yeah. Great. Well, because, you know, I hate being compared to somebody else when it's like, you can't compare me to that person. They're taller than I right. am. They're skinnier than I am. Why are you saying that I could wear that outfit when I don't have that body? Yeah. So it's like the 50s, at least, I felt like everybody's um, everybody was able to wear what was the dress of the time. Right. Whereas nowadays, you, I can't wear half of the shit that's on the racks because right. I'm like... That would not cover my butt, right. you know? <laughs> right. Um, so I definitely like that. But then I also am a big fan of like the bohemian chic yeah. style where yeah. everything's flowy and yeah. nothing is clingy yeah. and everyone's in flats or sandals. Listen, there have been a couple of Project Runway designers that I have really gotten on board for because they do have that like flowy, ethereal it's still yeah. there's something that's still flattering about it. It's not like you know hobo, comfy hobo, right? Exactly. It, it, but it, there's something still very chic about it. I agree. Well, and that's why I get very frustrated when people are like, mm, "But it doesn't show your figure," and you're like, <sighs> "It's not supposed to." Yeah, that's kind of the point. Like, do I owe you that every alone. day? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and then I'm a big. I mean, I do secretly like, but I don't know if I could ever get away with it. Is the whole. Um, you know, Coco Chanel, the mm-hmm. very tailored, the suits with the gold buttons and the, you know. I love even, it. Even though I don't even know if I could do it because it seems, sometimes seems a little like snooty. conservative yeah. and snooty. But that's what's kind of fun. Yeah, that's what's fun about this is that it's such, it's so, they're all, these are all so different from one another. Right. I think that's fantastic. And that's my problem. That's why I can't get dressed in the morning. Yeah. Because I'm like, I want the flowy skirt, but then I need the... The like tight fitted gar, you know, yeah. corset. Yeah. And then. Give but- me like the tailored jacket, the yeah. three quarter length that probably wouldn't make sense with any no. of those things. Um, what about like a, like three hobbies that you don't have now, but wouldn't it be fun if you were someone else and you had like the hobby of just gardening all the time or the hobby of. 
playing an instrument or yeah i definitely that's definitely number one would be playing an instrument of some sort because i've tried what kind of instrument would you want do you think a guitar yeah i've tried man i tried to take guitar lessons and i was like i am clearly too old or i don't know what is wrong with me but i could not the discipline of doing the homework after you left the teacher oh i was always terrible with that i was like i I can't because i'll I'll get distracted by my house and i won't be like oh i'll go sit in a room and play learn my keys i totally understand having said that i always feel guilty when people say guitar because i play guitar and those two guitars never get picked up they're like collecting dust oh but you do play guitar but i do play guitar but you think that like i would have the hobby of where I would want to just like, I'm just going to noodle around and never feel like noodling. Um, Okay, so guitar. Uh, So guitar, and I feel like the hobby of somebody who is like... You know the tour guides that you meet when you're on vacation? Uh-huh. Like I was in Costa Rica and there's like a guy that all he does yeah. with his life is takes people on whitewater rafting trips. Love it. You know, down the rivers in Costa Rica. Talk about doing what you love. And travels around the world yeah. doing it, you know? That's a great one. It would, be, it would be that kind of person or like the people that jump from Club Med to Club Med. But that's not as interesting as... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more active. What you've described is more active. It's like yeah. an active vacation, which is what I prefer in yeah. a vacation anyway. Um, and then, you know, these people who I think like seek out to do things that people have never done. Like the, the woman who, you know, swam across... Um, the ocean from yeah. where does she swim like the english channel or something I don't yeah know. like those people or the people like that teenager that sailed around the world by herself yeah. like that kind of stuff is fascinating yeah to me. like to be able to sail around the world to buy yourself i'm what? not made of that whatever that is i'm what not made of it that? and it is fascinating i know what that okay, is i'm putting in sail around the world yeah because that's kind of kind of like phenomenal to me i love it i love it okay i want to do one more because your answers are so thoughtful so great and yet also so expedient and and Um, we hope that people have not fallen asleep at this point no they (laughs) listen this is the i should just do a game of mash because it's so it's illustrates people's personalities so quickly that like why did i waste my time with the first hour of the podcast um what about like um what about like a father figure type it could be someone from fiction it could be like a character from a you know a book or a movie Mm. that like three kind of father figure types where i'm not saying no all due respect to your dad nothing like that but um this is a brand new category i've just made up but like you know the the the, like is there a father figure type that would be fun to be able to call for advice like atticus finch from to kill a mockingbird or you know probably not kevin spacey from uh his character from house of cards precisely Um. Uh, you know, this would probably be a weird answer and this will show that I was raised more by my mother than my father is for me, it would be like Willy Wonka. Love it. Right. Love it. I, the idea of calling Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, not Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka, by the way, Yes, I agree. but Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka for sure. Great answer. Um, Hmm, that's another good one. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe Daniel Craig, even though he's probably not yep. old enough to be my yep. father. He would be somebody. Because he's strong. When he's, he's James Bond, though. Yeah. So like yeah. you could say James Bond. Sure, even, yeah. You know, Love it. Because actually all the James Bonds, well, except Pierce Brosnan, um, <laughs> Sean Connery, the Sean yeah. Connery James Bond. Ooh. I could put Sean Connery as his own thing. There you go. He, you could, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm putting well, we can too. do him as a double. He can be a double category. Sean That's Connery true. as Bond. Yep. Um, and then probably the third one would be... Um, hmm. 
Oh, it's so funny. My 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 ideals of like who you would call for for advice is yeah. so crazy. Um, what is that again? See, <laughs> I did it to you again. You did it. You did it. You've I did done it to it. you again. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, I love it. What a great choice. And I feel like if it needs to be God, from a that movie. It doesn't, but I'd love to hear what it right? would be oh, if, okay. if you're calling something specific up. Well, no, I mean, I think of him for, I think of him and everything. Listen, I, I would like to have Dorothy Michaels be my father figure. Like, how awesome to call up Dorothy <laughs> right. Michaels and have him be like, right. do not let anyone call you Tootsie, dear, darling. <laughs> Yeah, because it's kind of like it. all the characters that he has played. Yeah. You know, a lot of them, a majority of them are like amazing great dudes. people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's a great answer. Okay. I'm going to do some quick uh, math once you tell me when to stop. Oh. Okay, stop. Okay. And uh, I'm going to pause it and then we'll come back with your future. <laughs> <laughs> a new life. All right. Things have turned out very positively. I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that because you gave some really great answers. You had nothing. You There was no losing to be had. But um, things have turned out very well. I guess I forgot to actually ask you what city you would live in. So we're just going to assume that you stayed here in Los Angeles other than your your uh, your um, Oh, just place, choose New York because New York is where I would rather Okay, be so in. you live in New York. You live yeah. in a house in New York. Okay. You do not live in a mansion, apartment, or shack. You live in a house in New York, um, which this actually makes sense because you get around by bicycle. Amazing. Perfect. See? Biking around New York, uh-huh. uh, a hop, skip, and a jump over the ocean to your vacation place on the Italian coast. Nice. Which, by the way, explains why you're able to eat so much goddamn Italian food. That's crazy. Listen, a lot of the times it doesn't work out like that, wow. but it definitely did. Um, the other cool thing is that you kind of gave yourself like even more, it's almost like a wish for more wishes because you're a tour guide. So, I mean, you could sort of uh-huh. have that hobby of like, not only can you be on the Italian coast, but you could also travel the rest of the world mm-hmm. taking people on. And this is a hobby, mind you. So it's whenever you want. It right. doesn't even have to be your career if you don't want it to be. It's just right. like a fun thing you like to do. Yeah. Um, which That's could cool. involve you going to the south of France and Thailand. So good job on that. <laughs> good job on that choice. Um, I also like the idea of you maybe enjoying a cocktail in the evening, as the sun's going down, maybe you decide to dress it up a little bit in some Mad Men attire. Nice, very, very. That classy. goes very well with my Italian. Very coast classy, home. and um, I'm also very pleased to report that you were a part of the fantastic band Death Cab for Cutie at one time. <laughs> so you probably had a chance to tour a lot uh, there before you settled down. With Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh my God, that's amazing. You and Jeffrey Dean Morgan on the Italian coast. Amazing. Should anything go awry and you really just need to call someone to either give you advice or take care of some unpleasant business, I want you to know that you have your choice of the James Bonds. <laughs> Which I already know doesn't include Pierce Brosnan. All due respect to Pierce Brosnan. All due respect. you Because you probably want to call Daniel Craig for a different problem than Sean Connery. Right. So congratulations on that. I, I think agree. that was everything, but that's a very positive mashup. That's pretty nice. I like you it. You should feel great about it. You should also feel great about how this episode of the podcast went. What a joy. <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. What a even with joy. the interruption, even with Black Widow annihilation interruption. Well, and by the way, I think it's amazing that you can do a podcast where you can just form a friendship over a podcast when like you we and I, it. this is the most, we've never spent time together. And now we're friends. Five minutes at HBO, which is already a horrible thing to say. But yes, um, it was good that we were both there but yeah. yeah i mean because how can you not then be friends after we don't have a choice much pouring your heart out 
We don't have a choice. Now we know everything about each other. And now, and plus we live within walking distance from one another. I know. So Seriously. I see a game night in our future. I do see it. Oh, I'm excited game about nights? this. Why not? Just bring I it. I do an occasional game night. As long as everyone comes dressed in Mad Men clothes. You know what? I bet everyone With would love to. Cocktail. I can already see Jennifer Finnegan and Johnny Silverman walking over from where they live uh-huh. in full garb. Uh-huh. They would totally eat that up. They would. They I look would forward it. to that. Okay, good. Constant Zimmer. <laughs> Many, many thanks to you. It's never easy to end the podcast. I'm just going to end it abruptly and without any warning. always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi now leaving nerdist.com